Welcome to NeuroNoodle's Neurofeedback and Neuropsychology Podcast, featuring tech legend Jake Gunkelman. He's the man who has read well over half a million brain scans, and Dr. Marie Swingle, author of iMinds. Our goal is to provide information and promote options for better mental health. The NeuroNoodle Podcast is supported by listeners and businesses just like you. Well, like you said, you make smaller promises that you have a that feeling of accomplishment, even if it's something small, journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. Insert cliche here. Uh, do you see your business pick up at the beginning of the year, the talk therapy business, or or is there a lull and then they come uh, in? Yeah, you know, it, it's funny. This, unfortunately, or fortunately, this has a lot to do with insurance. Uh, we see a major surge um, end of year. Like we are just packed. Our waiting list is through the roof this week. People just trying to use up their insurance. Right. Um, and same thing, you know, beginning of December. It's like they've used it up and like, oh, I can come back now. You know? Right. So, but interesting enough, we do have around a two-week lull end of January. Not sure what that's about, but uh, yeah. Ah, Jay appears and I get bumped out. <laughs> hey, Jay. <laughs> hey, I, <laughs> I didn't mean to throw you out. <laughs> so, um, uh, obviously, uh, we all know Barry passed. Yeah. Um, I, I would like to uh, chat briefly sure. about him uh, specifically. Yeah. Um, if you wouldn't mind. Not at all. We were actually talking about that before you came on. Yeah. <clears throat> Allow some screen sharing, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jay, before you get in, I was even wondering about potentially uh, next week inviting Linda Thompson on, um, g- given she she knew him both personally as a friend, but also was very familiar with his work. And as I was saying to, to Pete as well, she is. A yes. fantastic diplomat as well. She would really honor yeah. him. Absolutely. Okay. And uh, so um, I don't know if you remember uh, Monterey, California in the year 2000. Um, it, it was an odd year. I was president of ISNR and also the program chair for the meeting. So we held it in Monterey, California. We rented the aquarium for the party. Um, Actually, uh, Tom Brownback and Linda Mason got married in front of the shark tank at the party. So it was quite an event. And at the party, uh, we gave an award to both Joe uh, Camilla and Barry Sturman. And this is it, you know, for thinking outside the box, remaining curious about life's larger questions while retaining scientific rigor through the alchemy of hard work throughout your career, you've generated our current field's golden foundation. We stand on the shoulder of giants, and today we honor you, one of the giants. And uh, this was the first career achievement award. Um, This actually, Darlene, the executive director, about two weeks before the meeting said, we have to have these plaques made, and there's no, nobody's like written anything to put on the plaque. So I, I, I wrote this as a quick email response back to her about something to put on the plaque. So 
that's how this was generated. I actually received the uh, Lifetime Achievement Award myself in 2019, uh, almost 20 years later, with this saying on it. And when I got the award, I looked at it, and I just started laughing because I, I wrote this, you know. So, uh, and anyway, uh, Barry um, uh, had uh, written in 2000, again, uh, 20, almost a quarter of a century ago, um, a, a paper summarizing SMR. And it's really quite well done. It shows his original cat work with the rocket fuel and the cats that were trained in SMR having to get a much higher dose before they had a seizure. Uh, some of the uh, technical details. Um, this is the circuitry in the brain, including muscle relaxation uh, that uh, generates the SMR. And then he does a meta-analysis going through from his first work um, the, the epilepsy paper in 1974, uh, his work with Bill Finley, uh, basically the first real clinical work here. Uh, and, and what we end up seeing is 82% of the patients that were in the studies ended up with a positive result. So uh, a very, very uh, strong uh, evidence-based review. Uh, this was essentially replicated uh, with a larger N uh, um, in 2008, if I'm not mistaken, by um, Gabriel Tan, uh, showing, again, a high percent uh, success. Um, uh, and I'd like to just basically, uh, this is Barry and Joel, this is in Mexico, the first meeting in Mexico was uh, in a resort uh, up in the mountains outside of Mexico City. I have to say that Joel carried a bunch of books and whatnot between places we were at altitude. He was huffing and puffing, moving around um, uh, up at altitude. But this, it was a, a fabulous event and um, uh, one of the, um, one again, the first uh, meeting uh, in Mexico. Dr. Uh, Jaime Romanamica, a neurologist in Mexico City, uh, organized it. Um, here's Linda and Barry <clears throat> Tanju Cermeli um, uh, from Istanbul and myself. These are just pictures from some of the meetings. Al Collins from Alaska and Barry at a California Society meeting. Uh, this is Barry teaching. Um, actually, the the flags behind it uh, kind of give it away. This is Cynthia Kirsten's husband's um, uh, business where they taught uh, captains how to be um, uh, ca captains uh, um, of, of boats. Um, so uh, actually nautical school, but uh, they used the facility for, uh, for uh, uh, Barry's teaching when he was in Marin. In Europe, um, uh, uh, one of Barry's good friends, uh, Wolfgang Kieser. Uh, they, <clears throat> they were always uh, hilarious together. Uh, um, uh, uh, the two of them together created an impish uh, uh, feeling to whatever was going on. Uh, they, they were always up to mischief. Uh, Joe Camilla's wife and Barry um, 
uh, obviously in the midst of discussion. Uh, here's a group at dinner in Udine, uh, Italy. Uh, um, this is uh, Patricia Billinghausen, who was the treasurer of the European Society. That was a chapter of ISNR at the time, Jonel Vilar, and, and obviously Yuri, who was the president, uh, 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 secretary, and treasurer of the European Society. Uh, this is another Wolfgang, I can't remember his last name, obviously Joe Wolfgang Kieser. Yeah, I don't recognize the uh, two, two here, and uh, obviously um, Michael Thompson. Uh, um, but that's that's the same dinner. Uh, obviously here, I just posted this on recent, online recently. Something funny had happened, and you can see laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing. Uh, and then the, the big smile was at Thompson's. Joe's just happy as can be after the dinner. And it was a, it was a wonderful event. Uh, it was a private by invite only to this dinner. There was a large, large meeting. And this was at a private hotel in Old Town, not out near the university. And the students knew I was going to the party. And so they were actually in a car following me. I had to ditch them. And in a scene reminiscent of European vacation, the road was getting narrower and narrower and narrower. I had a little tiny car. They had a fairly good sized car. They finally came to a spot they couldn't go any further. I made about another half a block and turned right into the old town. I made it to the dinner without uh, without bringing the entire entourage of everyone else. So it was it, it was uh, quite an event. Um, obviously, more of the same event. This is Patricia Billinghausen on uh, Joe's lap. Uh, Barry prepping uh, a cap. Um, obviously, this is in BFE, uh, Biofeedback Federation of Eric, or, or Biofeedback Friends of Eric, uh, depending upon how you think the acronym goes. Um, obviously, uh, Michael and Barry and, and uh, um, uh, Eric. Uh, I, I cannot remember the gentleman's uh, name. I've, I've met him a number of times well in Europe. And... Again, happy times. This is Larry who's passed and Barry who's passed. And I'm sure we're going to be more than happy to chat about all of those. Here's uh, 2005 in Palm Springs, uh, excuse me, in, in San Diego at the zoo. Um, and uh, uh, this will wrap up the pictures. That was Barry. This is Carl Prebrum. Uh, this is Barry and myself and Carl. And here's uh, all four of us, um, uh, Joel, uh, Carl, Barry, and myself. So um, uh, that, that that's the last of these a few pictures that I grabbed real quick. Um, but it was it was an honor to stand with them and to teach with them. Um, Barry uh, uh, learned about my brain surgery when we were in Australia together driving from Brisbane to Sydney, we took the coastal road. It took two days to get there instead of the, the freeway, which takes, you know, you could get there in a day. Uh, and so we're on a beach having a lunch. And he asks a little bit about the, the brain surgery because I've got the medical alert. And, and uh, I explained the, 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 that they put a piece of fat in to replace the uh, brain tumor's void. 
So ever since then, he called me blubber brain. And he has gotten more mileage out of that joke. I tell, and he thinks it's the funniest damn joke, you know. So, so I'm happy to be blubber brain for Barry. So, anyway, he's a he's a dear old friend. I'll I'll sure miss him. What a what a crew! What a what a what a celebration! Uh, Tight knit crew, with the exception of trying to run them off the road. <laughs> <laughs> The, yeah. the the non invitees. <laughs> yeah. No, thanks for sharing, Jay. It's important. No, no, but I mean, Jay, you know, with all respect, you're of that era. I mean, I, gosh, how old would I have been? I I was a young woman, um, you know, just embarking on my own path, and I just I remember going to some of those earlier meetings. I think my first one was with, uh, oh gosh. Oh, I'm I'm not going to remember Winter Brain or something. It was late 1990s, and um, you know, just the, the the brain power in in those rooms. Um, and I mean, I'm known for talking now, but in those years, I was silent. I just listened. I was just mesmerized, um, just trying to trying to absorb. Um, and I'm not going to say it was easy. You know, I mean, you you really had to put effort into following. Um, and, uh, but you, you know, just the, the absolute respect, I was joking a little bit with, um, Pete before you came on, you know, the Titans. Yeah. But I also witnessed many of the clashes of the Titans and they, but they, the power in those ideas. And one of yeah. the things that was very, very evident to me in those early years anyways, is there was respect, you know, there was respect. People were debating things, but there was there was really strong respect. And, yeah. you know, if anything and everything that can be said about a Barry, show me the data, show me the data. And I think yeah. of his legacy, of course, there is much. Uh, but if there's one thing that we carry forward in everything and anything we do in his honor in this field is data, data, data. Yeah. So he yeah. was. He actually meant it too, you know. <clears throat> you you can probably find people that will say, "Well, show me the data," in order to just dismiss you. Yeah, it's it's a way. Oh well, uh, they, they they don't have enough data, so I just say, "Show me the data," and I don't have to think about it anymore. I yeah. get rid of them. That yeah, was very very wanted very wanted to see your data, mm-hmm. and he changed his mind when he saw data, mm-hmm. and. It, it didn't matter if there was a crowd in front of us when he mm-hmm. changed his mind. Mm-hmm. That proves that it's really the science driving it, not just some ego pissing match, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We, he, he, we were together in Australia, and on day two, we asked for duct tape to tape my mouth shut because we had uh, the, the format was we each had topic areas, one and then the other. That was our primary area to present, and the other person could comment, you know, the you, you would be respectful and let the person present, but you, you'd be there to uh, open the discussion and, and comment. So the back and forth was happening. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, it, it was, there's a professor who's used to putting it out and not having it really challenged very much. And, yeah. you know, he would say, well, nobody's ever shown me a, a, study, a, a clinical case where Delta was really the problem. That, pull out one <laughs> well here's one with a guy who had a brain tumor diagnosis it was a misdiagnosis it was a cyst and 
and blah 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 blah. And there's actually Delta in the case. So, and anyway, he he uh, he wanted to tape me uh, shut because we were was challenging some of his um, uh, assumptions. And but you know, he showed a picture of Mu, you know, the owl eye, you know, two dots where where C three C four hour eye. He calls it an owl eye pattern. And um, I said, well, Barry, where's the, where is the problem? And he looked at the maps and he said, well, right there. <laughs> and I said, well, if intention can stop mu, we know intention is the Bereitschaft potential and it's frontal. So mu is literally turned on and off by your frontal lobes. It's not there, it's the frontal area. And he looked at me quizzically and he said, you're right. <laughs> and uh, uh, just he literally in front of uh, everybody. And there was a good sized crowd, mostly mostly MDs, uh, psychiatrists uh, and psychologists, because it was, you know, it was a high level course. But uh, he, he changed his opinion uh, based on the interaction. So he really did, did want to see the data. Yeah, that's what it should be. And I wish we'd get back to that. Just fighting, as you said, based on ego or standing on your position. These these good classic debates, I think, are are critical in our discipline. And just piggybacking or just repeating what you said, it wasn't just show me the data. He looked at it. Okay. Yeah. And I also remember, Jay, you know, when I first met you, you were like, send me some things very, very casually. Um, and you and you look at things, you know, and this is this is how we elevate and you and, you know, get back to people and, and advance the the science in this regard. Yeah. So that that's my perspective yeah. from somebody who was at an entirely different level, to say the least, um, when when I was sliding into the field, <laughs> crashing into the field. I, I when, just, uh, when Barry was just getting started. Uh, he, he went to a major EG meeting to introduce his observation of sensory motor rhythm. And uh, um, uh, Henri Gaston is a very famous French uh, electroencephalographer at the time, probably one of the most famous in the world. And he looked at the data and he says, this is just mu. So Barry hates the term mu. He did hate the term mu. He said owl eye, monkey face, but he, he hated the term mu and uh, he'd been beat up by it. It was an aversive stimulus, so he hated the term mu. I don't care what you call it, mu, owl eye, monkey face, as long as you understand what it means and uh, the, the mirror neuron uh, system and all of that. And and Barry knew that. Uh, he, he was... Um, he was uh, brilliant in his neuroscience. You want to take us a bit deeper into that, Jay? Because I think mu has been something that's very, well, it's avoided. Um, it's easily confused. Um, yeah. People are blind to it. Um, would you mind taking us a bit deeper? I, I don't mind at all. Okay. You know, mu. GJ, <laughs> would you like to talk about the brain and, and EG phenomenon? <laughs> Give me a moment to ponder the the, the, the offer here. Uh, sure. <laughs> um, but nobody's know, talking about it anymore, so please, yeah. You know, uh, um, yeah, um, 
Marco Iacoboni is a uh, researcher at UCLA uh, at uh, UCLA's, um, and and he was looking at the mirror neuron uh, system. Uh, when a monkey sees another monkey grab something, they they mimic or mirror the action. Even if they're restrained, they can't move. Their brain mimics or mirrors that action. And when you turn off your mirroring. The idling of that network gives you mu at C3 and C4. It's a faster form of alpha, about a half a cycle to a cyclosecond faster than the dominant alpha at the PZ area. And it's it's seen in eyes open. It doesn't block with eye opening. Uh, so it's seen in eyes open real easily. It blends in with a background alpha. So it's harder to see eyes closed, but it's there. And again, it's, it's, a, it's when you turn off your mirror neuron system, you're no longer engaged with the outside world. The left side is language, right side is affect. So the mimicking on the left side is mama, papa, da da. You know, the, the mimicking of sounds when you're young and you learn language. Papa and mama are different people. The frontocentral mimicking has a secondary loop that goes to the temporal area where comprehension is laid down. So the left mirror, mirror neuron system mimicking or mirroring of language ends up with comprehension, assuming the system is fully working into Wernicke's area. On the right side, uh, the mimicking of facial expressions and the sound of speech um, ends up being encoded into the right posterior temporal area, the equivalent of Wernicke's area. I make a really bad joke about Wernicke having a sister who studied affect and have the name on both sides. It's just a bad joke. Nobody should laugh, you know. Um, so the, the, I, it, one of my pet peeves is people sticking their names on the, on, on the brain. And I think Wernicke is one of them. I mean, with a name like that, why stick it on, on something? You know, I, I, it's, uh, I, I try to avoid my last name getting stuck on stuff. So, um, so um, mu is not the same as SMR. It's faster than dominant alpha, but uh, SMR is 11 to 19, according to Sturman's original work. Group average peak at 13. So you kind of see it fits in the 12 to 15 band fairly handily. Pardon the uh, pup in the background here. <laughs> um, uh, but the 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 presence of SMR is different than mu. Uh, uh, SMR is the same as sigma, which is a sleep spindle. And your sleep spindle is actually well-defined when you're very young. You sleep well when you're a year old. And you have a good sleep spindle, especially if you sleep well. And that sleep spindle is already mature. You have that frequency already developed as part of your sleep mechanism. And it's a stabilizing rhythm uh, when you have a vertex sharp wave, which is the brain's response to a sound during stage two sleep. If the vertex wave happens, it'll wake you up unless you have a good SMR or sleep spindle, in which case you stay stabilized and you continue on to deep sleep. So it helps with sleep, but it also ends up helping with seizures and Barry's observation that um, accidentally uh, he, he found uh, seizures could be stopped 
uh, by training the same stabilizing rhythm uh, in the brain. So the, the SMR is not the same as mu, although uh, that there has been confusion about that because they're both, you know, central you know, that, and unfortunately, uh, there's too many people that end up having uh, mistaken uh, what they were referring to as you know, SMR and mu uh, being confused, but they're different. They're tuned slightly different. And uh, mu has a waveform that is monomorphic. It looks like a, a wicket fence, round on the top, pointed on the bottom. And SMR is sinusoidal. It's, it's like a sine wave, round on the top and the bottom. So they're, they're morphologically different. They may happen centrally both, but uh, they're, they're not equivalent. No, but I, I also know in the, in the day that um, all talk of mirror neurons uh, specifically was extremely popular and then just silence. Um, do you think that was because of the confusion between the two? Do you think that was the lack of aptitude of, of many in, in, in the field? Or why do you think that all of that was dropped? Yeah, you know, our, our field has uh, surges of, of specific uh, topics that are uh, topics of the day, protocols of the day. Uh, that, that become very popular and, and discussed and uh, fade out. Uh, the, the mirror neuron system, I, I think, is important because you can see um, uh, the presence of mu, which, you know, uh, further information about mu, it's a totally normal neurological finding. There's never a pathology of a tumor, a stroke, an arteriovenous malformation. There's, mu is a functional pattern. It's not a structural anomaly. It's a normal variant in EEG neurologically. However, it's seen in 15% of the normal population. It's seen in about half of the ADD and affective population and about 70% of the, of the autism population. So if it's so damn normal, why is it happening in all these clinical folks? Well, that, that it's a dysfunction. It's not an abnormality. It's a dysfunction. And uh, when the frontal lobes are not properly engaged with the outside world, you end up having mu. When I see mu, I know I have to work on the frontal lobes somehow uh, to get it working properly, to get the mu to go away or to be responsive. It doesn't necessarily have to go away, go away. Um, uh, Santiago Brand uh, has coined the term a positive dissociation for mu and athletes. Uh, if you have to get into your zone and you're immersed in a cacophony of a, a sporting event, you have to be able to uh, go inward and turn off the mirroring and mimicking uh, in order to enter your zone. So they, the story they tell is that they have a positive use for this dissociation. And you know, it's, it's as good a story as I've ever heard for it. So, um, yeah, I'll repeat it for now. You know, it, it, it seems to be uh, the case. And uh, with elite athletes, uh, we do see uh, um, mu disproportionately. I think we also can see this in artists. 
um, particular writers and, um, and sometimes painters as well that you do go into this this zone. Yeah. Um, but also individuals that are, shall we say, emotively not available. But I would say in those zones, you are emotively not yeah. available. So, it's, yeah, it's fascinating. Thank you for the dive, Jay. <laughs> well, you know, we started out with with a, a chat about Barry and his cats and, and obviously trying to honor his his legacy. Um, uh, he uh, he was um, uh, uh, a young man as a student. Um, uh, if, if you knew him uh, uh, when he was in Minnesota, where he grew up in St. Paul, Minnesota, uh, a young Jewish boy in Minnesota, <sighs> not a very easy way to grow up. He fought his way to school, fought his way back. If you knew him well, you saw his nose. You know, uh, he, he looked like he might have been a prize fighter at one point, you, you know, kind of a couple of different directions at once, you know, um, uh, he was athletic. He, he, he was a, a gymnast. Uh, he, his specialty was the rings. Um, and, uh, he tore his bicep, uh, much later, um, showing his son how to do an iron cross on the rings without warming up properly. He tore his bicep. Mm -hmm. Uh, his son, Paul, was uh, the model for Disney's Hercules. So uh, a quite athletic family. Uh, Barry, as a student, worked his way through university. He wasn't, didn't come from a wealthy, wealthy family and had to work. And uh, he worked in the post office. And as a Jewish person, he volunteered to deliver on Christmas Day. I mean, the pay was great. Uh, you know, uh, it, you know, I don't know what you get triple time or some damn thing like that. And if you knock on the door to deliver a package on Christmas Day, people are freaking happy to see you. And they're in the midst of a party. You're always invited in. He thought Christmas was the cat's meow. He's done with Hanukkah and Christmas happens. And it's all those packages and delivery and the Christmas tree and the celebrations and the family and and he's to, to this the to the very end his family celebrated christmas too you know at, which is bizarre in its own way but you know that's life in the us you know uh ideas are cross-pollinated in a way you wouldn't necessarily expect and and all for the better so uh but he was he was quite a character and uh, well well loved and respected uh and to a certain extent, some people were afraid of him in, in meetings. He would ask uh, to see the data. <laughs> and if you didn't have data, you didn't want to see Barry in the audience because he would ask. You know, Anna Weiss, uh, a dear friend of mine, made a presentation. Anna does work with a two-channel device, and she puts her electrodes in the back of the head at like 01T5 and 02T6. And Barry asked, what are the 1020 sites for your electrodes? And it doesn't know 1020 from anything. You know, she, 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 she learned her stuff from Max Kane in England. Um, that, that it was, uh, the, the mind mirror device. Uh, um, she couldn't answer the question and Barry uh, pushed it. 
and she was embarrassed and browbeaten basically. And uh, I, I knew her very well. And she basically said, I, I won't ever go back. Uh, this, it was a horrible experience. I won't ever go back. I said, we have to go back. And uh, I will guarantee uh, Barry won't stand up and, ch and challenge you. If he does, I'll take him out of the knees. And, you know, he's, you know he, he will leave you alone and you'll be able to present your material and you know, please, you have to go back. And I went to Barry and I told him, listen, Barry, you know, you, you don't necessarily see it from the perspective of somebody presenting, but, you know, she, she was terrified by you. And she said she would never come back. I begged her to come back. He went down on his knees. Now, Anna was in a wheelchair at the time, went down on his knees and apologized. So, but, uh, you know, they, they were seen together, you know, uh, happily uh, after that. So, um, uh, he, he, he might have been uh, uh, demanding, uh, but he, he didn't ever intend to be mean. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't think there was any cruelty behind no. any, any of the strength. That, that was always my impression. Yeah. I, I just know him from being a test question for one of the certificates. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got it right. <laughs> yeah. No, great, great man. And, you know, dedicate the show to him, tribute to him. Uh, any, I saw some of the pictures you had, Jay, send them over. We'll put it up. Uh, I, I think that's a good enough show. You know, we'll we'll leave it there and uh, a montage of the uh, photos going through. H how old was he, Jay? Uh, he would have been eighty-eight. Uh, uh, New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. Okay. Barry Sturman. All right. And uh, um, uh, Lorraine, uh, uh, his wife. Uh, took good care of him in his final uh, days with Parkinson's, and um, uh, 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 recently we saw uh, family pictures with uh, his son um, and his uh, their daughter and family, um, all all as a, a large family, all gathered around Barry. So uh, uh, the uh, the uh, intact, uh, good family life all the way through. Nice. Very he certain. he and he enjoyed life. He had a, a house out on uh, Catalina Island. If you pull into the harbor on Catalina and you get off the boat, um, if you walk kind of off to the left side, there's a little trail that goes up the side of the hill called the Rock and Roll Highway. And if you walk walk up the Rock and Roll Highway uh, to the, the second cross street above. Uh, Barry's house is pretty much right there. It's a dupe little, uh, he and a neighbor built a house together. So um, anyway, the, uh, the fabulous, fabulous little spot, uh, have uh, family pictures of him and his kid uh, out on the beach uh, on Catalina, uh, Barry as a young man. So uh, he took, drove the power launch out to Catalina and uh, that, that was, uh, uh, you know, house in uh, Beverly Hills, up in the hills, and the house out in Catalina. And uh, he and his wife were both professors at, at UCLA. Well, he's a emeritus, but she's a professor. So. Well, we got to get Linda Thompson on and, uh, yeah. you know, continue. All right, Jake yeah. Uncleman, Dr. Marie Swingle.
Barry Sturman, rest in peace. This show is for you, my friend.